Hey guys, it's Dan and Post. Before we get started with this very Christmassy episode of the Remedial Film Class podcast, I just wanted to remind you that coming out on December 22nd on YouTube and December 24th on Podcatchers is my guest appearance on The Hysteria Continues, where I discuss the 1989 classic slasher creature incest elf movie, Elves! There's only one elf, I don't know why it's called that. Anyway, with that said, on to our show on Batman Returns. Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. George, tonight we celebrate a return and a Christmas movie at the same time. Guys, Batman Returns. How's everybody feeling? Gravy. I'm feeling fine. I don't think that this is a Christmas movie at all. <laughs> oh, you don't? What? No. What? What? It has a but tree in it. We just it has the... a tree. That's the only thing about And there was a Santa Claus in it. Like At one point, the cat like walked past the Santa Claus. Guys, we it. just heard the Christmas music intro. This had to be a Christmas movie. Yeah. Right? It's it it what's good about it, what the opening reminded me of is Scrooged. Because it's it's Danny Elfman, so it's the same score, mm-hmm. uh same composer. You kinda get a little bit of the jingle bell in there with the Batman theme. Okay. A little bit of Scrooged. I mean the last line of the movie okay. is Merry Christmas. Goodwill <laughs> towards men. And and, and women. And cats. <sighs> It's a Christmas movie. It's, it's not a Christmas movie. More of a all. Christmas movie than Die Hard. Yeah. Come out mm. to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Could have happened any time of year. This had to happen at Christmas because there was a Christmas tree. <laughs> well, they had to have the lighting. They had to light, which they had to light twice. Yes. <laughs> which. <laughs> uh, so we watched I, Batman Returns. Uh, I'm the, really uh, curious. As to your reaction, because you're the only person here that watched these backwards. You've seen the, oh. the Batman, so you've seen the Penguin and the Catwoman the f- already. Yeah, I've seen Catwoman twice. Yeah, so now, you're just, oh yeah, you're just Anne Hathaway. So now we're seeing what I grew up on, and what Dan knows first. Or did you see Returns before you saw uh, Nolan's Batman? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was a big enough Bat fan. As a little kid, that we saw this in okay. the drive-in. Oh, nice! And then when my parents bought it on VHS for me for the following birthday, I remember my mom going, "Wow, this was a lot <laughs> less creepy in the drive-in, where you couldn't yeah. see everything going on." And for I me? just watched it in 4K, so I am nice. wow, wow. Yeah, this movie is definitely a 4K experience. I told my wife, I don't think the kids are watching this one. And she's like, what? I, we watched them when we were kids. I'm like, not like this. We show them your flipper action. Yeah. The French flipper <laughs> trick. Ooh. Wow. <sighs> A lot of innuendo in this movie. Um, so I started working at the movie theater in 92. Mm-hmm. May of 92. This was my first summer blockbuster movie in that theater. So it's very special to me. Okay. Because the propaganda around it, the 
Hoopla, all the McDonald's commercials, all the good Happy word. Meals. Hoopla. Hoopla. Good word. Like, there was a lot of hoopla around this. Yeah. Um, the posters. Like, it was ridiculous. I thought the first movie had a lot of hype, but this one was off the charts. Hype. Yeah. Did it pay off? It did for me. Okay. Um, but you have a different, you have a different, av- uh, what do you call it? angle because you've seen it done seriously okay so i like the movie that's that's for what it is my overall i like it right there's lots of stuff lots and lots and lots of stuff that i like about it it was like beautifully shot it was yeah it's it's dark amazing it's it's another it's it's our second dark christmas movie in a row Mm -hmm. um not just like visually but also you know content wise yeah dark um, I'm really glad that you guys showed me way back in the day, like the 1960 something, mm-hmm. you know, with like the shark repellent. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like I'm, I'm really Context. glad because in, in watching it backwards, like you said, Travis going from, you know, the Nolan and then going to the Batman and then 89 and then this, there was a lot of stuff in the movie that was kind of like one-liner corny mm-hmm. campy stuff and i think if i if i didn't know the history of how corny batman 1960 something mm-hmm. was you would have pulled a muscle rolling your eyes exactly <laughs> whereas no now when i watch it i go oh that's so corny i love it know right. what i mean so you got to know a little bit about you know the franchise and the history to right. you know and the time frame in. like the the 90s the the 90s superhero movies are different than they became the ones that took it seriously mm-hmm. this was like the last <laughs> oh, Dan can correct me this is like the last <laughs> good superhero movie from the 90s yeah, this I is the we, end we got of Spawn until X Men and Spider Man, and then X Men. Yeah, and then Spider Man. You have a big oh, gap yeah, where Spider-Man movies like good, The Phantom and Batman Forever, and but see, I love The Phantom. Yeah, but was, it's not on this tier. Right, it reminded me of The Rocketeer. Oh, I love The Rocketeer though. Yeah, but it has but that like was ninety one, wasn't it? Campiness. That was the year before. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just that it treaded that fine line of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Of playing up the the campiness of sixty six. Yeah. But the charm of eighty nine. Mm-hmm. The visuals of eighty nine. Yeah. And then they dabbled in the darkest fucking humor I've ever seen. I know. That's because why it's Burton. Yeah. And did and, he direct eighty nine as well? Yeah. Yes he did. Okay. What I would do if yeah. I were framing these two movies for a new viewer, I would tell you that Batman eighty nine is a Batman movie directed by Tim Burton. And I would say that Batman Returns is a Tim Burton movie that happens to involve Batman. <laughs> yeah, I, that's yes, that's a great way to, to explain it. Because that's exactly how it felt to me. Good. I, I spent the entire movie, this time I haven't seen it probably since college, so a good 15 years. Uh, I spent the whole movie going, how am I going to make a Happy Meal out of this movie? <laughs> like. <laughs> they did. Marketing yeah. wise, it's like, oh good, the 
<laughs> with that line from the end of the movie where he says uh, something about their the children <laughs> the children's erogenous zones blown yeah. sky high. I was just like, get me out of this theater. Yeah, this can't be a happy meal. I'm sorry. It was, but it was. And this Ugh. was the first time watching it with kids. Like I didn't watch it with them. They were in the room a couple times, but there were a few times where I actually said, "All right, guys." You gotta leave the room. Like every time the penguin yeah. came on screen, now I know how the parents felt back then. Dude, yeah, my my six year old daughter saw the penguin on the screen. Okay, and like was immediately drawn to like, what is this? Yeah, and I'm like, you can't you can't watch this. And she's like, why is he doing like what is it? What is going? And I'm like, I'm like for I'm like it's it's Danny DeVito, right? Like his nose doesn't actually look like that. Like. You know, his teeth don't actually look like that. Like, hold on. And, like, I went to YouTube, and I found, like, the most, like... Like Matilda? Yeah. <laughs> Matilda yeah no, not, not even Matilda. It was, like, a, it was just, like, a, like a silly video that he right. was in. And I was, like, look. He's, like, look. He looks like a grandpa. Like, mm-hmm. this this is Danny DeVito. And then they do, the, like, the makeup and the whatever. And then I, like, went back to, like, the TV and, like, the nose. And, you know, his nose doesn't really look like that. Right. See? He same guy. Really bite people's same guy. See? It was, like, this is all pretend, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And, but, but yeah, like she's six and she was yeah. like, what the f- is that? I let my kids watch it. Which is kind of my, <laughs> my reaction too. <laughs> yeah. Cause you didn't know. <laughs> I'm like, what the? F-? We're watching that scene where he meets the, his campaign crew and Jan Hooks is in there. Who's, <laughs> oh, I love Jan Hooks. Oh, we'll see awesome. her again soon. I yeah. Think. yeah. We'll see her again. And, uh, she's doing her thing. And then I realized, oh shit, this is the part. So I was like, "All right, guys, you got you can't watch this part because he's." And they're like, "What's going to happen?" I'm like, "Well, he's he's going to bite that guy's nose off." <laughs> so, but they watched it. No, but I have older boys. Like I don't have just the one yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah. So I had to kind of like I want them to see it, but I had to kind of make her turn away. But mm. she, like you said, it was like a train wreck. Like she wanted to see it because it it's so it's so over the top and and. Is I guess is bombastic. Would that be the right word, or like just like so sure, just so uh, flamboyant, and it, <laughs> which <laughs> is appropriate. Is a good word, yeah. yeah, but and I'm just like, wow. Like I, t- I've never watched this movie with children, so it was yeah. a, it was a different experience for me, and I completely understand why people were uncomfortable back then. Yeah, so I was listening. I when I watch these movies, I wear headphones because I don't want to like you know, distract or, you know, get in anybody's way here, uh, at the house. So my daughter can't hear what's going on. Right, she just sees it. But it's the scene where, uh, Penguin and, uh, Shrek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like he kidnaps Shrek, right? Oh, in the downstairs. In yeah. The, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the sewer house. And the big bird cage like, thing. And, and my daughter does not know what's going on because right. she can't hear it. She's like, "What is he?" I'm like, "He's he's trying to scare him. Right. Like he's, you know, he's he's trying to scare him. It's like Halloween. He's gotta, it's Halloween every know, day for the penguins. It's like you know, he's got a fake hand. You know, hi, Max. Remember me? Hi, Max. Remember me? I'm Fred's <laughs> hand. How does the hand talk? That's what yeah. I want to know because it doesn't have a mouth. <laughs> uh, oh, and then at the Very end talented. when he like goes to shake his hand, then it's the it's the. <laughs> Well, I mean, freaking, I don't know. Everybody in this movie's so good. 
oh, that I can't. The performances yeah. are fantastic. It's, it's like getting the best Saturday Night Live skit ever yeah, with the greatest much. actors you can find. Like uh, M- Michelle Pfeiffer, like her banter with, with um, oh my God, his freaking uh, name is, I miss it, Shrek. That was really Christopher Walken. Walken. Like her banter with him, and he's like, uh, dude, Christopher, <laughs> dude, right, yeah. right before he, spoiler alert, oh, right yeah. before he pushed her out the window, <laughs> was the best, yeah, back and forth, and her reaction, like that laugh, that, oh. Oh, oh, like yeah. she laughed, like oh yeah, right, I'm in on the I'm, joke. I mean, even even before that, when he's, you know, when he's talking to her about like how effective a secretary she mm-hmm. is, and like too good. Yeah, too good. (laughs) (laughs) Like the whole the whole dialogue back and forth. Yo, like talk about like a masterclass in dialogue being interesting. That scene. Yes. That nothing's happening. That is so good. So tense. Yeah, and it's it's all it's so good, and there's nothing going on, which is exactly what we said. Like, if the actors are good, they could be reading the phone book. And you're waiting for the next name. Like you're just the, like, I want to know who the next name is. If the dialogue wasn't good in that scene, it's it's basically uh, a scene from uh, Law and Order. Like right. she's shuffling through papers and mm. talking about something that you know nobody cares about. Yeah, they they both create that tension right. very very well. That dialogue was beautifully done. I think any time that. Walking was on screen. The potential was there for that. Yeah, absolutely. Because every scene, because he's kind of a, I don't want to say, he's not a villain, but he is the villain. Mm, he is. But he's, like, he is the orchestrator. He's the he's the puppeteer that is being played. He's the Falcone. He's not the yeah, Joker. Yeah, he's the Falcone. But yes. he's, I was trying to explain to the kids, like, I gave him, like, a quick rundown. I'm like, all right, he's playing him. But he knows he's playing, like the penguin knows that Shrek is playing the penguin. The penguin, uh, Shrek doesn't know that the penguin knows that Shrek's trying to play him. So they're like, it's like this whole dynamic that the way they play it, it's so much more interesting than it sounds. Yeah. But it's like one wants to be in power. One wants to use, uh, Shrek wants to use the penguin to be in power. So he wants him to be the figurehead. But the Penguin's already decided he's going to use Shrek to get into power. So it's like they're playing off of each other, and they're so good at it that everybody looks like they're they're in power and in charge, but nobody's really in charge because it's freaking chaos. It is a free-for-all. Well, and don't forget that the so Penguin that... doesn't really have political power ambitions as much as he does murdering all the children <laughs> <laughs> and maybe right. eating some of them sometimes. Guys, this movie is dark. What the hell? Uh, did you catch the <laughs> the whole like Ten Commandments connection, George? Mm, Baby no. Moses in the basket down the river at the oh, beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the yeah. murdering of the firstborn Absolutely. sons at the yeah, end. That's angel the angel of death and all that. Yeah, yeah. The, triumvir- the triumvirate. Yeah, the triumvirate. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a whole Ten Commandments. No, it's thing. totally there. A little yeah, bit of totally Pied Piper, although they say that on the nose, he calls himself the Pied Penguin at one point. Hmm. Mm. But at the, so at the beginning of the movie, uh, did you recognize the actor that played uh, the father of Penguin, or maybe the the mother? No. Uh, are you familiar with Paul Rubens? Are you familiar with his work? Mm, no. Am I? 
Travis has a pretty good impression of Paul Rubens. <laughs> On the spot. On the spot. Uh. <laughs> ah! Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> That's him? Okay. That's him. And this was post From uh, Scandal, wasn't it? Yes. So this that was kind of a big deal at the time. Like, oh, they're still, oh, Tim's putting him in movies. Like, Now, there's something I found out recently that Paul Rubens was not the first choice. To play the father. Bum, bum, bum. It was going to be Burgess Meredith. What? That would have been awesome. How awesome would that have been? Who wah, plays the penguin? Is how awesome that would have been. 66 TV show. Oh. That would have been sweet. But he would have been but, so old to be the father. He'd have to be the grandfather at that point. Well, they probably would have you know, put some shoe polish in his hair or something. But Because it was kind of... they. They didn't do many close-ups with the father and mother. But he would have had that distinct look. What year was that, 92? He did a couple Rocky movies after that. He didn't look that old. So that would have been interesting. But uh, no less interesting to put a guy who's already in the headlines for Scandal. Uh, almost. Un- I don't know if he's uncredited or just not mentioned in the advertising, but for a little hmm. bit cameo at the beginning. It was definitely a nod. Yeah. If you uh, if you notice at the beginning, George, everything is essentially black and white up through the credits and all the the uh, flashback portion. Uh, did you take note of that as you're watching it, or are you just thinking, "Hey, it's Tim Burton. It's got to be this black and white color scheme." Uh, I I didn't notice the black and white. I did see Tim Burton's name, and along with all of the other names, and mm. I was very pleased every time a, a name came up yes. on the screen. I a was, lot of good names in this one. I was very very pleased, and so when the movie started, I was just like, "Okay, yeah, this looks like a Burton movie." So, which I like. I'm not only it. is it in black and white, but it's essentially a silent film for the beginning. There's no dialogue; it's just music, score, and like you know, a little bit of penguin baby noises. But not a screaming. There's no dialogue uh, at the beginning. There's some screaming. Uh, The character in this movie, Max Shrek. Have you ever heard that name before? We've probably said it on the podcast before, but I don't know if you registered it. No. Max Shrek is a great reference. He was the actor that played the vampire in Nosferatu in the 20s in Germany. Okay. One of the first vampire movies. definitely, Definitely an intentional choice. You know, I have some some friends that would be like, "Well, that might just be a coincidence." I'm like, "No, that's that's a that's a choice." <laughs> that's exactly what they wanted. Think think about who your director is. He's not green, so. <laughs> but it's an interesting, you know, for a movie that generally trends towards black and white with some splashes of color here and there, to begin as a silent film and name your main antagonist, uh, crime boss guy. After a vampire, probably the most famous visual vampire in mm. movie history. You've seen him before. He's the bald, the pointy ears, kind of uh, big, broad shoulders, pointy nose. Kind of looks like the penguin. Uh, really long fingernails. Big old teeth. Silent, silent, big teeth, two front teeth in the front. Or two front teeth in the front. Because I'm two trying to front, think. <laughs> two, two front teeth in the middle. Get the, the fuck mi- out of here. Get the fuck out of here. The two teeth in the front are like, they're like coming out of the mouth. Like, they're not like fangs like you would think of. They're like dead center. 
And this uh, movie is in public okay. domain, so you see it referenced a lot more in stuff like even Are You Afraid of the Dark had uh, an episode with a ripoff of the Nosferatu Sounds vampire because it's not under the universal monsters thing, right? right? They, they can more freely use it than you can uh, the actual Dracula character. They actually stole it for Salem's Lot. Like, yeah. It's the same exact look. Which, uh, I sent which, it to your, your messenger there if you want to take a look which, at it. Uh, I will. Which, dra- or, uh, which um, Dracula was uh, Bella Lugosi? The best. Yeah. He's Universal's Dracula. Quintessential. Yes. But they okay. actually like paid the licensing fee to call it Dracula. Uh, in Nosferatu, they have a different name for the vampire because they stole the story but didn't credit it. Count Urlach. So, wow, I'm looking at this uh, this Nosferatu. Uh, yeah. It's so stunning. And it, I have definitely 100% seen this before. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Queen, Queen No and Pressure video. Under Pressure. Really disturbing. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like the scariest look of all the vampires. And, and the actor, Max Shrek looks like that Dracula without makeup. <laughs> he just has a little bit of hair. But it's he looks exactly like, uh, like that. It's kind of like Igor from... Uh, yes. He looks that way, like in real life. <laughs> Igor from uh, yes. Young Frankenstein. They actually made him m- look more human as Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, we'll probably talk about German expressionism uh, again on this show, hopefully soon. Uh, but... This was one of those basically Weimar Republic early, early German movies that uh, it transcends time. Like, it's still scary today, Mm -hmm. even though it's literally 100 years old uh, this year. Yeah. But uh, they always talk about how the designs in the 89 Batman kind of tend toward the impressionistic. But they also reference Fritz Lang quite a bit. Have you ever heard of a movie called Metropolis? Um. No, but Metropolis is the town, is the city in Superman. But the black and white silent Metropolis. It was a 1927 film, uh, silent. I believe it's silent. I haven't watched it in a long time. But yeah, it should be still silent in 27. Uh, Fritz Lang, uh, I'll send you a picture of the sets as they're building them so you can see for scale. But the very uh, tall buildings, very like a lot of right angles, a lot of hard edges. Um, you also this see you like get these giant statues. Yeah, behind the mayor's Christmas tree, it looks like some Ayn Rand, like Atlas shrugged statues, straight out of a Fritz Lang set. Uh, behind the Christmas tree, so you can just see. I mean, if I told you that that yeah. last picture I sent you was this Gotham City set, you wouldn't not believe me. Mm-hmm. I no, I would, I would believe you. So uh, that's what it looks like. Fritz Lang all over this movie and the last movie. Uh, we'll be talking about him. I hope. I hope soon, soon. But yes, kind of a continuation of what they were doing with the first movie, just a little bit more sharp, a little bit more intense, um, a little bit more sterile, kind of with yeah. the preponderance of black and white imagery throughout this. Well, I think that because this movie plays more with the duality theme. Oh yeah, 100%. than the first one. So it's like I think they were definitely going for that yin and yang. Black and white. Definitely. Like, everybody in this movie has a fractured psyche. Except for Commissioner Gordon, who just has no idea how to conduct an investigation. 
<laughs> if I were Batman's lawyer, when he's holding up that battery and be like, this is circumstantial evidence. <laughs> oh, I'm getting that thrown uh, out. Thank you. But see, that's that's the tongue-in-cheek, on-the-nose shit that's like perfect in this movie. Like I kept laughing at the cops shooting at everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. Every time. Like, it's like, oh, there's Batman. Shoot him. Oh, there's Penguin. Shoot him. There's Shrek. Shoot him. <laughs> they don't, <laughs> they don't care just, who it is. They didn't give a shit. Good, it's the end bad, of the year. The, the court budget is real slim. It'd be a lot better if we could just. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> so a couple cases. If you want to talk about this movie as it exists within like the Batman timeline, it's at a really interesting midpoint between the '60s stuff and the Nolan stuff. And there's a lot mm. of things that come up in this movie that now that we've seen the new the well, it's not new anymore. Now that we've seen the Nolan trilogy. Uh, you can see where the Nolan trilogy was doing that Halloween uh, 2018 thing and reaching back to this and scooping out the little nuggets and leaving all the chaff mm-hmm. behind. Uh, I mean, like Bane's whole sewer dwelling thing is a, you know, prototyped here. Uh, the bat pod, the whole transformation mm-hmm. from the tank down to the motorcycle is essentially in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, You've got the the line from Catwoman where she says, oh, Batman would be too powerful as a martyr if mm-hmm. we just strapped yeah. an H-bomb to the Batmobile. And it's like, oh, shit. Spoiler alert yeah. for the end of Dark Knight Rises. Turn him into what he hates most. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... Actually, to be quite honest with you, the more Batman, older Batman movies that I'm exposed to, the, the more, more I like Nolan. Nolan, yep. Yeah, no, because Nolan I, was a gift. Yeah, obviously I compare everything to Nolan, but you know, all the old stuff that see, I see in the in the old stuff, it just I mean, the Batmobile like you said, like transforming down to like basically a real thin like mm-hmm. motorcycle kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Like yeah, Nolan did it, but like way different and I don't know. Maybe better. I don't know. But does but, like, Nolan do it I appreciate if they it. don't do it here? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I don't he know. does such a good job of, you know, David Gordon greening the old Batman movies into something mm. a lot more practical. But it's not like he created all that stuff uh, out of thin air. And a lot of it, like you think, begins. oh, it probably comes from the comics. But it also just kind of comes from these movies. One of my favorite parts of Begins is the bats when he has a sonar. Yeah. And that's in this movie as well. It is. Yep. But it's it's not as um well thought out. Is it in Begins? Or is it in yeah, it's the Dark when he, Knight? When, uh, when uh, Gordon's like, what's that What's that noise? And he's like, back up. Yeah, and, which and is pretty much straight out of out. Uh, year one, the graphic novel, right. which at the time that Batman Returns comes out is like the you know recent hot book. Yes. But definitely not integrated into the story as well as it could have been, and so they had to do it again later. Uh, that whole discussion at the end of Begins, or excuse me, the end of, yeah, Begins, uh, the This Is Your Mask conversation. Mm-hmm. is essentially what yeah. the discussion that they have on the dance floor between both Catwoman and uh, Batman. Both of them just like, oh, I, I want to get out of this mask, you know? And it's like, no, you're not. Well, yes, you well, are wearing actually, it because you're Bruce Wayne. And Catwoman has that conversation with him in the Nolan movie as well. Yeah, yeah she says, you absolutely. Know, uh, the, you know, living basically way beyond your, <laughs> your necessity. Oh, yeah. And yeah, we're yeah. all down here with scraps. Yeah. It's yeah, that was better. definitely a parallel. The Dark Knight Rises scene is definitely intended to be a parallel to the dance scene in this one. 
just with a different attitude <laughs> which, for a new generation so, or whatever. Honestly, One, what, my son collects pops, right? So we're okay. in we're in uh, GameStop, and there's this really cool pop of DeVito's Penguin in the yellow duck, right? <laughs> nice. Oh, that's fantastic. And I, f- I flipped that when I saw it. I was like, I have to have that, which I own now. I'm like, I have to have that. And he's like, why? And I said, because it's awesome and it's iconic. You'll, yeah. I said, you'll get it. And he's you'll like, get it a bit, yeah. He goes, is that even in the movie? I'm like, dude, it is so in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and it's such an iconic scene. Like he comes, they walk off the dance floor and the floor blows up and mm-hmm. then. He's like, you didn't invite me, so I crashed. And it's like, that's <laughs> like from the trailer. Yeah. And we knew from the trailer that this movie was going to be off the chain because that was in the trailer. And everything that was in the movie that you, like you said, yep. would have pulled a muscle rolling your eye at. Like, dude, the the penguins with like the... The rockets? The, the, the penguins <laughs> with the rockets and like the brain control helmets. Yeah. Well, and it's like... like it's, it's, it's so, it's so bad, bad, but like... You know, well, he gives it, them it a legitimate... if, if I didn't know about shark repellent, right. it would be really, works, really though. bad. <laughs> it works though. Well, he gives them because the patent you've, speech. You've invested. He, he, he gets them ready for it's war. The All you needed, <laughs> you needed was a big American flag behind him and the yes. little cadence. But that's a patent scene, and it's just like he's talking to penguins. Like what the yeah. hell? <laughs> when he comes walking out, like I remember watching this movie, and I watched it with other movie buffs. And I never, I had never seen Patton. And there was this guy who used to work with us. He was like 10 years older than me. He was a projectionist. And he always got all the references way before we did. And he just, <laughs> his cackle laugh from the front row. It was an employee screening. And he's yeah. dying laughing. And I'm like, why is he? I asked him later, I'm like, why are you laughing? He's like, it's freaking Patton. Like, it was, it was so brilliant to him. That he's given this full patent speech to a bunch of penguins. Well, that 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 <laughs> went over my head too. Oh, but so like, brilliant. did you catch one of the other? Oh, go ahead. Did you catch the uh, the Bane the prototype of the Bane speech? The you just adopted the dark. I was born in it. <laughs> when <laughs> when a penguin says you're jealous because I'm a genuine freak and how and you have to wear a mask. Wear a mask. You that's adopted true. the dark line. I mean, that's like that is. It's a all. Prototype. It was here. That's true. And they just made it better. It was funny. Um, I was at a uh, class the other night, and we were talking about how damn cold it is mm. at work. All working outside, and we, you know, some of us are like more sensitive to it, and then. All the other, you know, all of some of us are like, you know, you know, you're born. What are all It's like you've you've uh, become accustomed to the cold. I was born in it. <laughs> it's just like a thing that we do now. Now, uh, if you ever go back, George, because I say it's the midpoint. Not only are there some, you know, obviously like you know, uh, slapstick and kind of uh, campy lines, kind of like the '60s Batman in this. There's literal references to the 60s movie, uh, oh, yeah. some of which get recycled later. Uh, there's the scene where they jam the penguins with the radio frequency jammers, mm. and then suddenly they turn around and leave. Very similar to the scene where they're magnetized to a buoy in the Batman 66 movie, and they have to use a jammer to deflect torpedoes. Uh, the structure mm-hmm. of the thing is very similar. Uh, my favorite line, everyone's favorite line from the 60s, Batman movie that some days you just can't get rid of a bomb, right? As Batman is now walking around with a time bomb in his hand. 
yeah. uh, just looking for a dude to stick it to, I guess. Like, I have some real problems with the morality of this Batman. Yeah. Uh, he's he straight does, up targeting, yeah. <laughs> target killing these people. Like, he's he sets a, people on fire. He, he is blows a murderer. People but up. he looks so damn good. Like, that new suit, that it's just so cut. And he does what he has to do, oh. you know? But it is not a, it's not a very good Batman movie. Not He's a hardly bit. in it. Yeah. <laughs> not a good so, Batman movie. I, going back to the, uh, the things that uh, Nolan did better. Well, not better, but like the things that Nolan stole. Um, these, Perfected. Yeah. So it. the scene <laughs> where uh, they're talking about the damage to the Batmobile. Mm. And they're like, oh, we have to. Uh, Alfred's like, we have to you know, be worried about security. It's not like we can take this to like the the, the am- local mechanic the or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, just just bring it to Lucius Fox. Yeah. But he doesn't exist yet. Doesn't exist. <laughs> like that like the Lucius character in great. in the Nolan Batman movies is such an integral part. I'm not sure when he was introduced in the comics or if he was introduced on in the cartoon first. And like the whole the whole backstory of yeah. how Batman has all this technology, all this tech. Like it's all yours. You own it. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. The way Nolan presents it is so good. What would have been awesome is Morgan Freeman in this movie with his March of the Penguins <laughs> narration. <laughs> I'm sure there's a YouTube video of that somewhere. I'm sure. <laughs> and here come the penguins. It's gotta be. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Hey, uh, do you guys know about the 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 Benedict Cumberbatch penguin fiasco? Apparently, yeah, you can't say the word penguin. Yeah, apparently he was narrating uh, <laughs> like some nature show, and he said he kept he kept like reading the word penguin it's as like, like cool whip penguin penguin penguin, and like he says it like three different ways. It's uh, hilarious. It's, it's good. <laughs> it's so good. He just can't get it right. All right, do we just go to the back to the beginning and just? try to hit every part <laughs> like I'm trying sure to, i don't know what i'm missing all i know is we haven't talked about michelle pfeiffer yet and we have to at some point you know what was a great scene how when they're like almost about to maybe get it on and they both have to like hold on hide, hide <laughs> hold on. yeah you have to specify which characters because in this movie a lot of the male characters <laughs> are trying to get it on with michelle pfeiffer <laughs> no when uh Do you blame them? bruce wayne and the Selena fi- Kyle. fireplace scene. The yeah, the fireplace. Selena. Yeah, the fireplace scene. Yeah. Selena and Bruce Wayne are kind of getting it on, and you know, like she touches his side where she just stabbed him right. like hours ago, and he's like, "Oh no!" And then he like goes up her sleeve and like her, Yeah, her her burn <laughs> is showing, and she's like, "Oh, you can't see that." Like, it's it's, it's very so, three's company. It's yeah, it's so <laughs> funny. And then them trying to make up stories why they're leaving. Yes, and and Alfred is is like just I'll take care of it. And again, like, I got it. Again, I I always pick on actors and acting. Mm-hmm. That scene, those words are boring. The Which actors, words? just them trying to figure out why they're leaving. Yeah, you know, you you watch her. It almost seems improv. Like you watch her try to come up with a story, and she cuts herself off a couple times. And so does he. And he does it as they're really good at it and that scene could go a nosedive with bad actors that's true so that's that's and it says i think it says a lot about alfred too Mm -hmm. 
because it's just, you know, I don't know, some awkward social situation is like Alfred's like, I got this. Like, say no more. And not to foreshadow, but then you'll get to see if you ever watch Forever and what's the last one? Oh, Batman and Robin, which you probably should never watch. Okay. It's the same Alfred. So you get to see him bouncing it off with not so good actors. Oof. And he tries. But then you it makes you cherish these that, two movies a lot more. That sucks because he's a good Alfred. Yeah. I like him. Yeah, he's good. I mean, the, I still think you should see Forever. I think you should. I watched I it right I have, after I watched I have one more watch of that movie in my life. <laughs> I'm down to my last Bat Life for Batman Forever. I can watch it one more time. So at some point next year, when we have no other movies we want to watch, I'll watch Batman Forever one more well, time. I, br- I bring it up because George was talking about how he took the journey and he saw the camp and then he saw Burton's Batman and then he thinks about Nolan and he's like, yes, that's where we should be. And also the Batman. And then the Batman does a really good job as well. Yep. If you watch it in chronological and you see the horizon fall, <laughs> the ebb and flow of that character, yeah. when, you, when you watch forever after watching this and you're like, all right, it's a letdown. Is forever the one where... Um... It's Jim Carrey. Isn't it? Yeah, but who plays Batman? Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah. So you get you get a not so good Batman movie, but it still has its moments. It's a shame because I love. Yeah. Val, it's a great cast. I love Val Kilmer, but like he's good. Is he? He's a good uh, Batman. Well, I know Dan, but disagrees. he's not really a Batman in this. Like he's more Bruce Wayne than Batman in this movie. Well, I think he would make a good Bruce Wayne too. I, I love have... Val Kilmer, and it kind of okay. kills me. I've never seen the movie, but it kills me that like his Batman movie was so bad because I it wasn't him so bad. much. But... It just wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't Burton's Batman. Save that for the pod is what I would. Yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that. But then you get Batman and Robin. So then there's like people are like, "Fuck!" Like Batman's dead. There's no way yeah. they're ever gonna make a good Batman again. Like the '90s happened, and it killed Batman. <laughs> and then Mark Singer is it Mark Singer? Not Mark Singer, that's the Beastmaster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Beastmaster. The hell's his name? Um, the X Men. Oh, Brian Singer. Brian, Brian Singer. Singer. Yeah, makes X Men, and it make he makes a serious superhero movie, and you're like, okay, it's possible we might get a good Batman again someday, and then Spider Man happens, we're like, okay, it's definitely gonna happen, and then when when Begins came out, it was like a breath of fresh air. Like so many fans were like, okay, this is this is gonna be good. This is like what we wanted. So you get that. that I think I think Begins might be the best Batman movie in existence. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. I think you might be onto something there. If I could lump Begins and Dark Knight together into one, you can four and a half hour movie. You can. That is the best Batman movie, and you could watch it. Yeah. It's called the Batman Animated Series. Oh, cool. And you can watch it whenever you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's that... on HBO Max. Yeah, uh, for now. We'll see. For now. <laughs> <laughs> but like that back like the backstory and begins is so good with yeah, you know, like yeah. with Razal Gold and all that and 
you know, how he rejects his, you know, his wealth and all that. And, you know, Alfred basically thinks he's dead pretty much. And it's good shit, but you don't get the, that. The training, the training and the becoming fear. Like you don't, I thought that that, you know, becoming fear thing was a theme from earlier movies. And I haven't seen that yet. It's touched on in forever. Okay. Because the that's for for me bat for Batman that is huge. Yeah, become fear, like become what criminals fear. That is huge. I mean, Keaton in the first movie says they're they're good survivors, so it's like you're not really getting why he's a bat, dresses as a bat. Right. That didn't give it to me, and then returns. I don't think it's brought up at all because Batman's not in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe twice. Um, and I then feel like forever. they shot one fight scene and split it across two different scenes of the movie. When they realize, like, "Oops, we only shot one Batman fight. We better split this mm. scene in half." <laughs> Just yeah, pepper it in throughout the movie. Oh, speaking of that, we get uh, there's a few great friends of the show in this movie that you might not have recognized. Okay, uh, Shrek's son, Max Shrek's son. What was his name? Chip. Chip. The big guy. Yeah. He plays Leatherface in the remake that we watched. Okay. The Jessica Beale. Yeah. Chainsaw. Uh Mr. Farkas from Fast Times at Richmond High. The uh-huh. yep. <laughs> the Have a Heart teacher. Yep. Is the the monkey grinder with Yeah, the he was also gang. in Cuckoo's Nest. He was in Cuckoo's Nest. And he had a chain gun in his organ. Mr. Farkas. <laughs> he had a gun in his organ. Mr. Ugh, Farkas. This movie is so horny. He was the one that was like Remember odd. he pulls the heart out of the body? And yeah, he's like the like, really odd guy, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. The guy who makes Ben Stein look like Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I remember his wife was really hot in Fast Times, which was hilarious. Yeah. That might be it. Friend of the show. But I did find out. <laughs> but wait, wait, there's more. There's more. And there is more, but there is so much more that we're going to have to call it a day here and split this guy into two episodes. So for those of you listening, the day we launch, which was the 21st, uh, we will have this up for you tomorrow, the 22nd, so that you can listen to it before your big holiday weekend. Thank you for joining us on this Remedial Film Class podcast. As always, you can find us at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. Don't forget, I will be appearing on the Hysteria Continues. That's the Hysteria Continues podcast with an episode launching on YouTube December 22nd and on Podcatchers December 24th as we discuss elves. Guys, I'm so excited. This is the movie that made me. And honestly, after you've seen it, it'll explain a lot. And I hear it's on YouTube. I bought the DVD from Germany. You don't have to do that. You could probably watch it on YouTube. And if you're watching it and you think, bah, this movie looks like ass, don't worry, so does the DVD. Vinegar Syndrome, we need you to save this movie. It is too culturally important. You know it, forget it. Uh, anyway, check out that movie on YouTube, Elves, and come back tomorrow for the second half of Batman Returns. <laughs>